You're listening to Big Blend Radio's English Connection Show with Glenn Burrows, owner of Norfolk Tours. Hey, everybody. Uh, so excited to talk about uh, artisans today in England. So if you're going on a journey to England, an adventure, why not take in the local arts and crafts? And it could be someone who's making jams and preserves, someone who's making chairs. There's a name for that or chair legs. Uh, Glenn will tell us about that. But it could be a distillery. It could be glass blowing, which is so amazing. Glass blowing is like a whole art form that is just mesmerizing. But welcome mm. back, Glenn. How are you doing? Um, I'm fantastic. Thanks. I've just had one of my granddaughters today babysitting. So she's had a lovely day. So have I. Aww. Oh, that's awesome. Now, going to something like glass blowing for kids has yeah. got to be, you just, your eyes are wide open. Like, how does this happen? You yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, then, children, so children, obviously, in a glass blowing factory, you have to really keep an eye on children. So, it's not really the sort of thing to take toddlers to. Oh. But, you know, um, slightly older children, you know, 10, 11, 12, they would be fascinated by it. You know, yeah. it's, it's fascinating. It fascinates children of my age, so it must fascinate them children as well. You well, know. glass art. Here we have uh, Chihui. Um, he's an artist, very famous, uh, with all these huge glass sculptures, and he has gardens and things like that. And then, when we lived in Mexico, there's a lot of glass blowers, which are doing very clear, um, little, little hummingbirds and things that you can yeah, have yeah. in your yeah. car, like little things and like yes. little clowns and then they do little colored eyes and things with glass and so yeah but it's so intricate and yet, then you get to the things like these big glass bowls and things like that yeah. that i'm like okay you know so that's it's amazing and so you oh, still have is. that going on yeah i mean and 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 the the actual the the ability to make something suddenly appear but before your eyes out of the excuse me out of just a little blob of glass you know, a blob of molten glass. And then all of a sudden you can suddenly see that you've got a rabbit in front of you or a hedgehog or or suddenly this this blob of glass is turning into a, a bowl or, you know, it's, yeah. it's just amazing. And, and all it the takes colors. years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, colors, um, the, the way they add the colors, you wouldn't imagine would actually do what what you expect it to do because it's just sort of like little tiny shards of of glass and mm -hmm. of chemicals and in it and it changes the color of the glass it's it's just totally amazing i have a friend who makes glass beads and does glass jewelry and i'm allergic to metal and right. so and i used to be i used to make jewelry i used to be like a bead and uh, metal worker even though okay. i'm allergic to it but i can't wear it and um for years i mean i think every Almost half majority of the podcast people have seen on YouTube with us. I'm wearing this one necklace that I've worn for over 20 years, but it finally right. broke. It just had enough. I mean, it's been on the road. It's been like used daily. It was like my good luck charm and right. it's glass blown blue and it was beautiful. And oh, yeah. I still have it all because I'm going to have to string it back all together. And even the beads for the necklace, because nothing had no metal. And it was actually you have a button at the back. But it's all glass, like frosted red glass beads. And so yep. to me, it was always special. But I used to watch her sit there and I just, it's, I, I could watch this all day long. You know, yes. she would actually do this in a crock pot. 
and melt the glass together like you're saying. She'd just go, let's just add this one. And then you get the swirly. It's like you're making marble bread or marble cake, you know, yeah, but it's yeah, glass. Yeah. Yes. And it's all these beads are just, ooh, I love it. I absolutely yeah. love it. And in the day of, of AI trying to take over the arts and the day of nonstop multi-manufacturing, I think it's important that we go back to some of these arts and crafts. And that's something yeah. as a child living in England, I remember very well uh, yes. the arts and crafts part of England that as a kid, like I say, mesmerized, I mean it. It was just meant the world to me to be able to go. Like I remember in Scotland going where they had the, the sheep, the long haired sheepy, like I don't remember Angora. No, that's South Africa. Angora. Anyway, these long haired sheep. And then you could see them, you know spin the wool right there and then oh, yeah. make yeah. a jersey as you would say a sweater yes, over yes. here and you're like wow you know and then when you go to a store now like if you go to a big box store and you see sweaters you don't have that same feeling no. you know? <laughs> no i mean is there is nothing better than to go to somewhere like like i went to this langham glass factory i actually saw the man the, the the bloke with the shorts on in behind me just here i mean he was blowing the glass and making it into a little rabbit and then afterwards we went into the shop area and there were these little glass rabbits that he made and they are just amazing i've sent the photos and you know put them on yeah. the website and yeah. their sort of apprenticeship is about 7 years you know, you the, wow. the young lady who's standing beside him, um, if I can, yeah, that young lady there, she's only been there for about a year and a half. And she was the one who was given the given the talk to explain what everybody was doing. Um, and she was just doing the little bits, you know, the handing him bits and, the, you know, she did. She did actually show us how not to glow, blow glass, which was really <laughs> fascinating because you automatically think it's like blowing up a balloon you know you have to keep blowing and keep blowing but you just need to put a little bit of air in and then when you heat it up obviously the glass mm -hmm. expands and and that's what she was explaining she said if you put in a right big lung full of air this is what happens and then you could see what happened it went just completely out of control you know wow. like a great big bubble and and it is it's totally amazing well, and to I be, want people to have a go to be able yeah. to have go at it, and and I've I've got I've got it here. Oh, you but... did a Christmas ornament, didn't you? Yeah, well, I've got it. And here. I want to Let... tell everyone that you've got an article. Everyone um, is linked in the show notes with Glenn's uh, photos, and it's up on BlendRadioAndTV.com. So that yeah. is your creation. Yeah, I actually blew that. Um, I had That's some amazing, help. Amazing, Glenn. Yeah, um, the 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 man actually the bloke who's sitting behind me. Uh, on the bench there he he actually blew it into a mold and he finished it off you put a little a little thing at the top to tie the tie the mm -hmm. ribbon on to but yeah i i I blew my own christmas bauble so, so for the tree on the christmas tree i imagine you don't want one of those cats that get in the tree and take the tree down when you've got a oh, special Di ornament Diane. like that Diane said it might be a bit heavy for a, one of our Christmas trees, so we might oh. just have it hanging on something else. But, you know, it's something that I've made, you know. Yeah. What, so, what souvenir? You know? Well, that was talking about souvenirs, like we're, we're talking right before Christmas, you know, and yeah. you've got to think, you know, 
as, as we travel and people, we have ornaments and stuff and we really can't take ornaments as we travel. No. But people have ornaments on their tree, Christmas ornaments, yeah. that are from their travels, from places, and it, it means something. So it's so special to them as memories yes. that we often forget to talk about this. I know people go to the Christmas markets, and from what I hear, England does really well with Christmas markets and things, Yes, too. they do. Yeah. And so if you go there and you come home and you have a tree or even a small tree or you hang them up or on something, you know, like you're saying, this creates this whole other feeling of, you know, festivities, of memories, and gives families something to talk yes, about. Exactly. I mean, when my friends came or my, my cousins came over from Canada, um, at one, one time they bought me a pewter Canadian maple leaf that had oh. been made by a, a local a local pewter worker, you know, and that's lovely. And that goes on, on our Christmas tree. Um, our son, whenever he goes on holiday, he always buys a Christmas decoration. Wherever he goes, he buys a Christmas decoration and that goes on the tree, you know. Mm. And my my daughter, she, every every year she buys a, a, a different Christmas ball with, for the children and that goes on the tree, you know. I've actually got um, what we we call Santa. We call him Father Christmas in England. And I've actually got a a little water boat, you know, a Wellington boat that stands. Oh yeah. Yeah. Stands about that tall. And I've had that since I, well, since I can remember. And oh, wow. that, that always comes out every Christmas and I can still see it in my mind standing on top of our television when I was a child, you know, because wow. that, that's my, that's my father Christmas's boot. So having things like that are, are family family things aren't they you know my when no when when my children come over they say oh dad you got your father christmas boot out again you know but they know that that is my father christmas boot and that has to come out every christmas you know so these things and like you say if when you go on holiday you get the chance to actually make a christmas bauble or anything else it's it's just something that you've got you well, know, a lot of places, yeah. as you know, we pets it as we travel and, you know, in people's homes and a lot of people, they're travelers <clears throat> and people have like sometimes a room that is dedicated to their travels and these yeah. things, you know, you're not taking sometimes not huge things unless you ship them, you know, because you, you've got to go through, you know, TSA and, and be able to fly. Yeah, of course. But there's these special little things. And maybe it's a rug that has been shipped or something like that or yeah. a yeah, cloth. Yeah. Like, actually, you know, Nancy and I really paired everything basically down to we have photos and writing and art and and basically that's it in our storage unit. But some of the things that we've kept and is actually wrapping our paintings are our cloths from Kenya because the yeah. Kenyan cloth that the Africans created with their different patterns and designs and some of the jewelry all tell stories according to color. Yeah. And so for us, that is part of, and you can still smell. I know this sounds weird, but I can smell. No, 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 no. It's uh, weird. No, I know no. we talk about smell, but like oh, that smell is smell is so evocative. It's it. It's it. It's so you know? Yeah. And, so and, it's like, and, the, and oh. the thing is, if you buy something that either you've seen made or you've seen the person who makes it, 
then you've got an, a, an automatic connection to it and and you know that it's made where you were rather than i mean i i put in in the story you know when we were in the east coast of canada we went to um prince edward island and we went to halifax in nova scotia and both of those places we were able to buy things that were made in them places there was an uh, an artisan potter who we were we were able to get a little butter dish which is a beautiful little butter dish with oh, a cover okay. on it lovely and in Nova Scotia, we were able to get a, a teapot stand with the um, I can't remember the name of the of the lighthouse, but it's the lighthouse outside Nova, mm-hmm. Nova Scotia, Halifax. Um, and that was made by a local potter, which was which was lovely, you know. But yeah. when we went to Niagara, we couldn't find anything made locally. They were all made in China. Everything I tipped up to see where wow. it was made. So we didn't buy anything. You know, what's the good of buying something with, you know, a holiday thing? Made, from, in, Thai, made in China, made in Taiwan. Made in, yeah. So we, d- we didn't get anything. Whereas these other things, they actually remind us of where we were because we remember looking around the artist's studios actually mm. to buy these things. They well, may have okay, been that... a bit more expensive, but they, they were made locally. Well, what about, because I remember when the Queen passed away, yeah. And there were souvenir shops. Some of them had turned into museums almost because they've had collections for years, yeah. right? And not yeah. just for the queen, but the royal family. So finding something that represents the royal family without it being mass produced, how is, is that hard to find these days? Um, again, you have to really look. While I was at Langham Glass at this, this glass factory, um, I'll have to send them a bill because I keep mentioning them, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. But, but, but when I was there, they had actually made some commemorative glassware for the passing of the Queen and for the coronation. So okay. you can find locally made coronation souvenirs, you know, different. So, I mean, they That's make. Awesome. They make specific things for people's weddings. Um, one thing I loved was a great big charger, you know, a great big glass plate that oh. what people can do is they have a special pen that they sign on the edge of the plate and then their grass, glass engravers will engrave the signatures onto the glass dish. So that's a really unique wedding present. You know, I love that. Um, your guests we were, have signed, you know, fantastic. People have signed and it's personal. It's something you're going to yeah. keep. You know, yeah. we were in Asheville, you know, Stephen and Karen from the Lion and the Rose Ben Breakfast. Yes. See, that's oh, yeah. British. It's very British, right? The Lion and the and Rose. It was named yeah. after a pub. It was named after a British pub. So just yeah. saying. Um, we went to a distillery and I know we're going to talk about that because artisan things are, you mentioned chutney in your article. And once yes. I hear about fruit chutney, I go berserk. I haven't had fruit chutney. Now our friends brought us Marmite and you know, I love my Marmite. And now yeah. I'm going to tell Melissa when I see her again, I want chutney, a yeah. good chutney. But um, anyway, going back to, we went to distillery, two trees distilling in Asheville. And they are, they do this process where uh, they work with other distillers across the country using the same oak and then they toast it according to the flavor so you don't keep chopping down trees because bourbon and things are made with this american white oak yeah and their process is incredible but 
it's geeky that I don't understand, but they're not going to give their trade secret either. But yes. it was really amazing. But they started now a new process of engraving bottles so that when you buy a bottle, you can bring it back and have them engrave it or engrave a bottle that, you know, beforehand so yes. that you're not wasting a bottle. You have something personalized as a gift for someone, which I think is pretty amazing for businesses yeah. too. Like if what? you get a gift from a business and it was something artisan crafted instead of that typical chain letter, like yeah. seriously, you know, you how, know, it's been much? processed, mass yeah. produced and you get the, your insurance companies tend to be the ones to do it over here. Well, there, there was there was a charity. I'm talking about the distillery. There was a charity that went to them for a, a morning experience, and it was um, the helicopter air ambulance. Because in in our in our country, we have helicopter air ambulances who go out to pick up people if they're you know if they're yeah. falling off a cliff or something, you know. And yeah. none of them are actually supported by the government. Really? So they're all, oh. they're all charities. So this particular one, the East Anglian Air Ambulance, went to the distillery for a morning as an experience, but they also designed their own gin. And they actually call it the Whirlybird Gin. And now I like 19- that one. That's good. In the 1960s, <laughs> there was a program called the Whirlybirds, which I used to watch. It was all about the helicopter rescue people so oh, they've called cool. this they've, they've called this the whirlybird gin and it was designed by the members of the east anglian air ambulance so how no could with that you know you can buy this gin that was actually designed by the helicopter people that's brilliant that is awesome you know um you've been on the show with peggy fiandaka yes um the ldv winery in scottsdale yes. arizona yeah yeah yeah. Well, they have classes where you go and learn how to blend wine and you make your own. They're like, here's this yeah. wine. Let's put it together and see if you like it or not. And we've tasted their blends and they're this, everything that's a blend <coughs> rocks, right? We know that we love the big blend <laughs> yeah. because it just, it is this personalized touch where you actually start to learn, you know, just like you were able to do, you know, your, your own Christmas ornament in the glass place, you know, yeah. you can say their name again. That's all right. But. <laughs> Langham glass. Yes, everybody bring that money in. Um, (laughs) But, but, you know, I think that is so special when you're able to see something and do it. And it also keeps folk art alive. Yes. The folk crafts, you know, things, these are all functional items, you know, that that, that we're kind of talking about. Yeah, I mean, look. Well, I, maybe I'm, not the stuff from the distillery might not help functionality, but you know. Well, yeah, yeah, it does actually. Um, <laughs> the, uh, I mean, although I've shown the the Christmas decoration, uh, one of the party who I took there the other week actually made his own whiskey glass. You know, so there oh. there are functional things, but also, <laughs> you know, like like I said, you know, they are also on the on the video I sent you. He was making a, a fruit bowl. You know, so mm-hmm. they make they make glasses, they make fruit bowls, they make decanters, they make all that sort of stuff. You know, so uh, and and you do pet sitting. Um, what one of my friends did when she lost her dog, she actually had a word with these people. At Langham Glass, and they <laughs> they were able to put the cremated remains of her pet into a model of the dog. So it no was way. one of those one of those great big um, uh, Norwegian dogs. 
Um, and they made one of this, you know, they made a glass Norwegian dog and they incorporated some of the dog's ashes in with the glass. So she, not only awesome. has she got a beautiful reminder of the dog because it's a Norwegian dog. Um, that's one of these black ones. I can't think what they're called. Um, oh, the Newfoundland. No, Newfoundland, not, a, not Norwegian. It? Yeah, Newfoundland. Newfoundland. And they're not beautiful. only that, but actually he is part of it because part of his ashes are actually in the glass. They got that, reheated. That, that yeah, is it's special. That is so, so special. It is. And, you know, I think because you look at the dog and it's a beautiful dog, whereas back in the day, people used to stuff their cats back into like a yeah. thing. You know what I'm yeah, talking the, about? Like oh, you yeah, go yeah. sit in someone's house and you see a cat and you automatically go to pet it. And then you realize it's a stuffed cat. And you're yes. like, what? And then people do that. And you can go, mm-hmm. no, that's that's a little, I'm not, I know that that's a craft, taxidermy and all that, but that's a little yeah. weird to have yeah. your animal stuffed. <laughs> and I've well, seen people know. do it where they're sitting on, they, they have the animal stuffed and as though they're sleeping on the couch. Or yeah, like but I mean, did uh, no. Roy Rogers have Trigger stuffed? I think so. Yes. Yes. I do believe Pretty so. Certain, in a, in a yeah. hotel thing, the one hotel, Nancy, I think, as I recall, had, um, has stayed there. Um, right. I think it was part of her honeymoon, actually. Um, ooh, gossip. She's not here. Let's gossip. Yeah. <laughs> but, but she's been there and seen it. I do believe so. Yes. But, right. but it's a little different than you go to sit down next to a cat and you think it's, you know, yeah. it, I mean, if it started purring, that would be weird, but well, you know, but, but people knows. do what they, but it's, I think people should do songs. You're not hurting anything. Do what makes you happy whatever's whatever you're comfortable yeah. with i mean some mm-hmm. people would think that having your your pet's ashes incorporated into a model is a bit mm-hmm. i don't but, th- i think that's awesome that's and, think, and it's a way of it's, it's different. not toxic it's not toxic yeah. to the environment because we're also looking at how people are how we you know we end life and then where where do our remains go how many places can we have burials is cremation yeah. good for the earth um what can we that's a whole other show. Thank and you. we will be having that, by the way. <laughs> I don't know if Lynn wants to join us on that one, but it's a whole interesting thing. Who about, knows? Who, who knows? knows? Um, but but these artistic things that are personal and the <laughs> fact that they can take commissions and even yeah. maybe you do it like um, you're talking about the, the, the dogs. So a lot of people have been able to take their dog prints and they put them into, you know, like a piece of pottery with their dog paw prints in them things yeah. like that i've seen that yeah. with pottery yeah i mean they they do that they've done that with glass as well so you can get like wow. a glass a glass tile with a with a child a child's handprint in it yeah yeah that's, that's so, awesome. i mean these people are craftsmen and they mm. will talk to you about anything you want to talk to them about you know so if mm. you've got an idea they can either say it would work or it wouldn't work you know, well, and that's like yeah. that's like the distillery. You know, you might think to yourself, "Oh, I fancy a glass of gin that tastes of cheese and a cheese Ooh. scone." You know, oh. so you might say to them, "Can I make a gin that tastes like a cheese scone?" And they might say, "No." You know, or we least... can have one that pairs well. You know, yeah, exactly. They they would know what goes and what doesn't go. Well, in your article, I thought you brought up one very crucial and important um, point, and that is how these artisans actually to be, and we talk about this about small business, 
Yeah. We have to be up together to help each other yeah. in this world of big domination of monopolies and the giants and the billionaires. But it's the same with artisans, you know, that I know that, um, I got to tell my friend with the jewelry, like, you know, we did things together musically and things like that. And yet she'd get her beads. Some of the beads she doesn't make, she'll get from a friend who does make those beads. And so, or somebody who does the leather work that she'll incorporate into a piece. So she'll go to her friend with that, not Taiwan or China. I don't know which one to say anymore. Um, China, whichever, it doesn't matter. Right. But she would go get that from them. So together they were supporting each other, even if it's not like hugely financial, but the integrity to the craft and for the person purchasing something was there that you have something special that you can't find in a big box store. But Here. also, also, and it lasts a, long. By, by <laughs> them working together, they also double their market because mm. with the, with the example I gave where the, where the gin maker mm. uses fruit from a local fruit merchant, mm-hmm. you know, someone who grows fruit. And then afterwards, after they've steeped it, then the fruit then goes to a jam maker or a chutney maker and they then make chutney or jam, which is already infused with alcohol. So not only is the gin distillery selling that to their customers, the jam maker is selling the product to their people and also the fruit provider is also selling the property, uh, not the, the, the product, to their customers, and they're talking about the other businesses that are all involved in the process. So not only are you helping each other, but you're also enlarging your market because all of these other people are going to start talking about your business. So you know, it just makes sense. Well, it's- Glenn, everyone's been talking about our business. <laughs> but, but it's really true. It's about working <coughs> together and then when you as a tour guide take people to have an authentic British experience and then they can actually see this process of how everything you they're getting a true taste of that region, whether it's the the gin, exactly. the jam, you know, that kind of thing. Yes. And and also there's a camaraderie that makes you feel very welcoming into a place when people are working together instead of fighting. Yes. You feel as a as a visitor. And- you know? And and we're we're not in competition. You know, I'm not in competition with the distillery. I'm not in competition with the glass blowers. You know, I just I'm, no, I'm you're just a good the, promoter. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you yeah. know, and oh, I haven't I haven't mentioned the distillery. Black Shuck is the name of oh, the distillery. <laughs> I like that. It's a good name for a dog. Yeah, but Dude, Black Shuck is is one of the stories that I think I may have covered on one of our ghosts. Oh yes, stories. the black dog. He was, That's he was the is. big black dog who was on the North Norfolk coast. Um and he used to haunt places. And if you ever saw him you you would die, you know. So you well, don't want to sense because you're talking about spirits. So this yeah. makes sense. You know yeah. but they oh, called I their, their they've called their their gin and their other this their company is called the Black Shuck Distillery. So you know, I love it. That's it's all all local, you know. Mm. Now, what about Langham the textiles? Oh, okay, yeah, I'll tell ahead. you that in a minute. Let me just tell you about Langham Glass. Langham yeah. Glass is the name of a village where they used to be, but now they're in a town called Fakenham. And you know, the Black Shuck Distillery is also in Fakenham, and that's named after this really ancient old dog. You know, this this goose. So you know this. 
It's all all local what? stuff. This is all like the dog village. The yeah, village exactly. of the dogs, dog spirits. This is you hey, you can't go wrong with that, you know. We love that. So Exactly. And faking them, I thought, oh, you're faking them. You know, no, you're no, faking no, it. No. Faking them is the name of the town. Okay. So now the textile crafts, like I was saying, yes. that was something that was amazing to me. And even to the point of like in Scotland, how people make kilts. This is yeah. something I don't want to leave that out because that is that's a craft and it goes into having the right colors and the right tartan, right? Yeah. The actual design. So it's like important, yes. like here in the States, I don't know if this happens in England, quilts are done in uh, yes. like a message or uh, could be how long you've been married that they do this kind of yes. design. Yes. Um, so, yeah. What what my daughter actually had done by a, a local needle person was – that she provided the information. So the, the, my granddaughter's name, and this has been done for all of them. So, you know, so the granddaughter's name, her date of birth, her weight at birth. And also she provided a load of old clothes from her birth up to when she was one. So, you know, the little, little, bibs and uh, little sleep suits and the little cardigans and whatever you know night dresses anything and then what the needlewoman does is she makes a stuffed animal um one of my granddaughters has got an elephant i think another one has got a teddy bear and i can't think what the other one's got I've, i can't remember but what it is then on the feet of the animal it's got the date of birth um the name and the weight and also the the actual toy weighs the same as the baby did when they were born. Wow. And it's completely made up of a patchwork of their first years of clothes. So it is so personal because all of these little these little patches on the elephant, for instance, that, that was her first bib, that was her first growing suit, that was wow. a pair of you know. So it's so personal, and again, it's made by a local seamstress, and it's well. use and it's usable. It's functional. Well, yeah, it's it's a it sits on a shelf, but yeah, it's, but... it's a, a fantastic toy if you want to call it a toy. But it's a fantastic reminder. It's a keepsake, yeah, yeah, of the baby's first year. You know, wow, it's just amazing. Cool the sorts of things that these people can do. I just think we need this more than we realize and i think as we get more into ai and ai takes and in, goes into the arts like nowadays we just somebody pick up a guitar and sing it does happen it does occur definitely yes. i know from our shows but yes you know i feel like going back to this is going to become a a crucial need it's going to become a need not just a um oh how cute it's going to be Oh, we need to remember that we do have these skills yes. and AI can't, you know, we'll copy some of them, right? It's what we input and it's yeah. not all bad, but to be able to see someone actually handcraft with precision and dedication yeah. and yeah. with creativity, creativity is massive. It's so it important. Is. AI will not exist without us providing the creativity. No, no, you, you cannot, you cannot put together the human, human aspect of things 
And that's what it's all about. I mean, uh, we were talking before the program about smocking. I've got a, a lady I know who actually does smocking. Not so snogging, what, smocking. No, no, not snogging, smocking, smocking. <laughs> um, and, and what smocking is, you need to look it up. It's it's the way that material is all bunched together and then sewn up. Mm. So it makes it slightly elastic, but it's not it's not got elastic in it. It's actually, the way some it's sewn. shoes have that on the on Sorry? the some shoes actually have it, um, like slip on so that you can stay stretch oh, with your feet. It's oh, like a, like I, slippers, slippers. Probably, like I don't I don't know. But smocking is a really really old way of of sewing garments, and it used to be used for uh, for shepherds. You know the great big shepherd smock. Which oh. is just a just a it's like a dress actually. The mm-hmm. shepherd's smock is like a dress, and it's always got smocking down the center, so as you could pull it over your over your head. Oh. You know? And mm-hmm. that I would, need that for you know, my waist. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. that would also be a way to to in, in, introduce a pattern, and that's like mm. knitting. You know, knitting is a such a massive skill, oh, wow. and. Yeah. Years ago, the fishermen used to have their own jumpers that were knitted by either them or their wives or whoever, mm-hmm. um, because the fishermen used to knit. The men used to knit because yeah. obviously in between the times of putting the nets out and bringing the nets in, they didn't have anything to do hardly. So they would knit and they would have a particular pattern on their jumper. So everyone would have their own pattern on their jumper. And mm. A lot of that was to do with the fact that they would then be able to identify the body if he if he drowned, because wow. they would know they would know his jumper. Wow, you know? they wow. would know and the, the name on it. I remember we used it, to yeah, actually it even embroider his, it. Wouldn't be his name. No, it wouldn't be his name. It would be the pattern. Wow. You know, so all of these things have a reason. Yeah, you know, it's, it's amazing. Um, all these skills that we used to have that are dying out. Although they're coming back, you know, we yeah. have people who now do these things. Well, names used to be a big deal. I remember when I was in boarding school, you'd have your name on things because of the laundry, you know. Yeah, of course. And it, yeah. but we got into having pens that were waterproof and stuff. But yeah, before yeah. that, they weren't. You in the back, they would embroider your name on the inside of you know the jackets and yeah. things yeah. like that. So I think that was a skill from a long time ago, but. I think about, you know, the, the knitting and crocheting and things like that. And even tatting, um, yes. tatting, at least tatting is oh, like amazing to, yes. to just so delicate, you know, and, um, I actually have friends that it's how you stop smoking. If you're used to using your hands. Yeah. Yeah. You knit or crochet. So I know a lot of men who knit and crochet so they don't smoke a cigarette. All right. Okay. Yeah, because it keeps you know. your hand busy, and it was a yeah. hand, it, like a hand action that you. It was part of getting past it was stay busy, and so that's yeah. what they what they did, and and it works. Um, but it's interesting too because I I don't know if you have that over in England. You've got to. Um, I think you called it macrame for you. And oh you yeah, called it macrame, macrame, yeah, and it's um, we'd make like hangers for your plants. I used to make yes. jewelry by doing it. Yes, just with bits of string. Yeah, but yes. all of that is an art, and you're using something, and you can use you could use anything, just like regular rope, and create something beautiful out of it that's yes. functional. Yes, you know. I mean, but so. even even rope, 
when we were on holiday up in Derbyshire a few years ago, we actually saw how rope was made. Mm. You don't think about how rope is made because rope, you know, is 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 not a simple thing. Mm. You know, rope rope is uh. made in, in a very complicated way. Mm-hmm. And to actually see it being made is something really special. And then it, you can make you can make things out of rope. I mean, there's mm-hmm. one, um, you know, on the side of a ship, they now have these big plastic um, balls, for want of a better word, that to stop the boat from hitting the quayside. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, years ago, they used to be made out of rope. You know, you would make a big ball out mm-hmm. of rope. Well, now you can actually buy them as a decorative item, which is just a, a ball made of, of rope. And, oh. and it's... It's how it's all put together, how it's all tied together into a into a ball. It's just amazing, you know. Well, all of this is so important. Things. Simple, yeah. but, but very complicated to do. Well, it's just like even your dishes, your plates. You, if you go to a local potter, and your cups yeah. are not the same size as you know who's got the bigger one because this one's a little wonky compared to that. But I yeah. love that when you yes, have a cup exactly. of coffee made out of something that someone did by hand. Yeah. There's nothing like that. Your coffee changes because it's i don't know it's more back to the earth too because it's not something mass produced now you talked about this bodger a bodger yeah he makes chair legs um and we were in a um i had no idea that this was an actual thing i thought yeah. like a furniture person did all of it so no no i mean years years ago don't forget years ago people had their own chairs that they sat in you know farmhouse chairs mm-hmm. and what would happen if you broke a chair leg you so you needed person. you needed a spare chair leg so okay. you would wait until the bodger came round and he would make you a new chair leg because you Off wouldn't of what you already have and no, no a new piece of wood he would make it literally but, and, and what i mean is like use the same design so that it matches. yeah 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 so it would match yeah. And it would be the same size because years ago, if you broke something, you didn't throw it out. You know, you oh, made well, that. What, what, what are you, what are you talking about, Glenn? Now, I don't yeah, exactly. think anybody understands that concept anymore. No, no, you had to make do and mend. <laughs> so everything was mended years ago. So if ah. you had a hole in your socks, your grandmother or your mother would darn them up with a what needle. What would you say if? I think I don't think I have a pair of socks that I haven't had my big toe go through. Well, there <laughs> you go. But now, nowadays, what do, what do you do with them nowadays? You chuck them out and buy a new pair. But years ago, Use them as rags. Mm. yeah, years ago, you didn't do that. You darned the socks, you know, and that's the same as a chair. If you broke a chair leg, you went to the bodger or the wait until the bodger came round and he would make you a new chair leg. However, and, things were made better back then, too. Like your socks were probably socks that would last a lot longer than some, you know, you know what I mean? It's like you go to your local big box store. Yes. You're going to get your 99 cents. I don't know if there's 99 cent socks. I don't know. Um, that sounds a little cheap, but whatever. You buy no. your cheap socks in the bag. Here's your $24, whatever, 10 bucks, whatever it is. How long do those socks really last? Not long. No. And, and, but, and then the people who can't afford the expensive socks end up doing the cheaper socks and then running through the, because they really need the socks more and they go through them quicker because yes. they don't have the money for that, but then they end up spending double. See, that's well, what my, happens in my, this world. Um, <laughs> my, my, my grandmother used to knit socks on four wow. needle 
on a square on a square of four needles. Oh yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. So she didn't. Wow. They didn't. She did. She didn't have a seam. She just made them circular. And um, you know, she always used to knit socks. She used to knit all the time. You know, I I've, think I should I've, start. Doing I would that. imagine. I can't remember whether I have still got a pair up in my wardrobe that my nanny knitted for me. But I, I had them. I had them for years. Well, little booties for babies were always a special deal. But Diane always always knitted the baby the baby's booties. Diane loves knitting. Whenever there's a new baby, she always knits a great big uh, pram cover. So oh it's, wow! It's put on the on the pram, you know, for the baby, a big a big knitted shawl. She does, you know, mm. to go around the baby when there's newborn. Um, she loves knitting. She's always always well, done. Knitting is great. I love it. I think it's so good. You know. I think all of these crafts will, I think they are coming back. How is it? Do you have, um, like here, like you'll have a farmer's market or a street festival and yes. people come out or do you have those over there? We those do. Markets? We, we do have them markets, but the trouble is again, you, even when you go to the farmer's markets, you still have to be careful that you're not talking to somebody who goes to every farmer's market and actually gets them out of a supermarket mm. because you know, we have a lot of agricultural shows, for instance, and some people just go to agricultural shows. You know, they have their own stall, but they don't actually make anything. They just buy everything in from China or wherever and they take it to an agricultural show. So a lot of a lot of things you do have to be careful, but mm-hmm. there are still a lot of people who make things by hand. And it's nice. You, you're talking to the person who's made it. You know, you know that, what? That is. It, I met a person. I actually got a film. I should actually put this together. She showed us how she makes brooms. Yeah. And, and you know, think about it. Now, you know, it was a craft because of how yeah. you tied the actual straw or whatever you're using. The sticks, and the yeah. actual wood. Yeah, the actual – and how they wove things together. And she yeah. that was a huge – thing and i was like oh yeah i was just used to buying plastic stuff out of the store right there you go but it's yeah. amazing what i mean it's it's like the the other person i've got pictures on there is um is is the jeweler you know oh, yes a, oh. a friend of mine actually makes makes jewelry you know he he made his he made his wife's engagement ring you know Good. he made uh <coughs> excuse me he made a, a a lovely necklace for zoe from from edmund and also when my granddaughters were born, uh, my mum wanted them all to have a, a bangle with their birthstone in. Oh, nice. Um, and he made them each uh, their own individual bangle with their birthstone in, oh. you know. So, and so you, you know, you, you get these things and the, you know they're made by somebody, you know. And they're, they're your special them. treasures. Those are the things, exactly. your little special treasures. How they're can not you treasure that, mass production? Exactly. Know? They're not something that you've just gone to a jeweler's shop on the high street and just bought off the shelf. You've mm-hmm. told him what you want and he's made it. Ah, you know, that's cool. From scratch. That's cool. And people will ship if, you know, you're overseas, you know, people will ship for you, um, which is a they good do. idea to do. And yeah, he does. insurance and things like that. So, he, you know. Funnily enough, he... One of one of my ladies who came over with me, it was just several years ago now, she wanted to find uh, a lion gold charm to make into a necklace. And he didn't actually have one in the shop at the time. 
but he got one he got one in and he put it together for her and um sent it off wow. to her you know wow so again that's what you get from a local craftsman is they will do something specific for you you know mm. and and that yeah. you don't if you go to a high street jeweler or a high street anything and you ask them for something they haven't got on the shelf they will say we haven't got one you yeah. go to an artisan or a craftsman and say i would like one of these and he will stand there with a piece of paper and a pencil and he will draw it for you and say is this what you want because i can make it for you and that's that awesome. is the difference yeah that's amazing and- and let's not leave out bakers and you know bakers. Yeah, and, food. Oh, I mean, all. food is food is a different thing altogether. I isn't know, it? but you know, you know, but that is a craft, you know. Of course, it I is. remember in South Africa when we lived out there, and we went to Cape Town, and the Green Market Square, and all these artisans comes and musicians, and it, it was just that's why I wanted to move there just because of this. It's great. Yeah. Weird, weird things happen to you, just like that, something like that. There's people with flowers and plants, but there was a hat maker. The haberdashery dude you know and i went berserk they had they were making top hats and back in when i used to perform and do music i used to wear this top hat and you're gonna love this it had a keyhole it was a blue 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 like royal blue top hat and it had a keyhole i still have the keyhole it's in my storage unit at the front like a door keyhole like if you're gonna open a door like a beautiful it was beautiful gothic kind of thing and it had crystals and greenery coming out of the sides and a bow tie. I know it, it. I mean, it would be something that Tom Petty would wear. And it and it was like it because it was like, here's the key to your head, your brain. I know, Glenn, you're just like, what? Because it was funny to me. It was like, here's your third eye. And so I wore that everywhere. It was my thing. It was my treasured thing. And I really got so into it that I wanted to make them because you could, you know, if you know someone well. You could design the hat according to, like, if somebody likes rabbits, you could go to your glassmaker and put yeah. a rabbit on the hat, you know, with a big pin. And I got all into it. And I've never made a hat, but I've always had that in the back of my head about how cool it is to create these crazy hats that are yeah. nuts, you know. But And there's Good people who it. do it professionally really well. They, they um, do. But mine... Mine had the keyhole, and I still have the keyhole. Well, so, you it. know. But I mean, you know, go, go into that, you know, and and you were talking about food. Food mm-hmm. and drink is is such a massive area, and you, you can actually go around an area and just visit lots of different food producers and drink producers. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, we went to Black Shuck to, to see how they make gin and vodka and what else did they do oh schnapps they do schnapps as well um but i've also got a a brewer who who does tours for me you know and so he can shell the process of actually brewing beer you know and then then i've got another a, a bakery that will show us you know the different processes of different types of bakery products you know so anything i mean what about a, tea a i'm list. drinking i'm drinking a beautiful herbal tea and i found um, that we really have to go to people who know tea to get beautiful blends there's a craft in it yeah. and to get it organic as you can because half of it's coming out of china too with lead in it yeah. so to um, find I, really good I don't, tea. i don't know a tea producer 
here. Mm. I know a lot of people who roast their own coffee that's and then cool. they blend their own coffee roast. Oh, that's important. Um, um, but also I've, I also put on the list about a beekeeper. I mean, yeah. we we have beekeepers who, who make obviously make their own. Honey. Well, they don't make the honey. The bees do. But then they make honey products. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, in and fact, my, honey. My, my son-in-law, uh, he's actually inherited his dad's hives. So my son-in-law and, and my granddaughter, who's only five, they've they go out and, and sort the bees out. You know, my granddaughter with a, a, a five year old bee suit, you know, it's absolutely cute. amazing. That I didn't even know you could find a child's bee costume, but you can, you know, the one oh, with wow. the great big, the great big yeah. thing on, because obviously you don't want to get stung. Yeah. But, yeah, no, that's amazing. There's so many things, so many things you can do. And I love it. I think the thing that I really wanted to get over is the fact that you could add this to your holiday, your vacation. You know, if you're in an area and you like, I don't know, you like woodwork, why not see if there's someone who does woodwork in in the area you're visiting? Or if you like pottery, you know, visit a potter and throw some local pots while you're Mm -hmm. on holiday. You know, them sorts of things, you know. Yeah, because... It, the other thing is when you're not on holiday, if you're working, you're working. And a lot of times you miss this even in your own hometown. Yes. You know, um, we were once in um, the Sequoia region in California. This is years ago before we started. Well, actually, when we started our tour, about 12 years ago, there is a company that went to the hotel and would meet you anywhere and yeah. give you a clay making lesson, a pottery lesson right there. Yeah. And then they would take what you created. And you could spin the wheel and everything. Nancy loved it. <laughs> yeah, oh my! Yeah. And then they would they would bake it and send it to you. And so, yeah. I mean, we had our own goblet. Of course, Nancy made a goblet. You know, of um, course. But it was amazing to be able to have these things. You know, and so it was a memorable. You took time out. Remember, we were at a hotel that was an inn, more of like it wasn't you know, a typical hotel, hotel. It was um, no. beautiful gardens. So we were sitting out on the patio and it was an enjoyable afternoon and it was relaxed. So you could ask questions and enjoy the process without that, you know, get back on the bus. <laughs> quite, quite. Yeah. And, and, you know, when, when my, when my, my group were actually at the distillery, you know, one of the, the terrible things they had to do was taste everything, you know, Oh. And that was awful. They had to taste all these different gins. They had to taste all these different schnapps. And oh, there was, there was, sad. what else was there? Oh, there was some, some mold gin. So some warm gin with spices in they had to taste. Oh, they, they hated the tasting. I can tell. <laughs> well, the last time I had slow gin was in Guernsey. I think I told you that I thought, Oh, you know, and then they had a cider and a slow gin. I don't know what was going on, but we went, it was Guy Fox night or I don't know. We went to some village thing and i thought oh you know it was they we said we tasted this the slow gin and i thought i was fine until i stood up and they're like here have a cider to wash it all down well then i i kind of wobbled my way to the festival and i can't remember the festival but anyway it was there was some there were some people on the bus on the way back who were obviously happy yeah happy well that's okay uh, you know but that's great to be able to taste all of these different types Mm -hmm. of 
gins and things that they loved it and it was amazing how many of them said well actually i don't drink gin they did afterwards they did afterwards they realized that actually the gin that they'd been drinking was not the same as the gin they were tasting you know it was a completely different thing and um you know they they were definitely their 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 heads were turned so to speak well you know but that's the thing when you have something quality and artisan you it it slows you down in the process whereas like you could go to a bar and drink a beer and it's a typical beer and then it, you slug a bunch down but if you like you go to peggy at the winery her wines you just automatically slow down and you yeah. want to savor the sips because it's and then when you see where they make it and the work that's the thing it's like a musician people go well, how much are you going to pay this musician to do this gig? And I'm looking at them going, do you know how many years of practice went into that one performance? Shut exactly. up about the money. You can't. There's no, there. it's it's what musicians do and artists do, that yeah. joy that you get from that moment that they created it. And if you got to see it and then it, you see it every day, you're going to see your ornament all the time. Every yeah. time you see that ornament, that memory comes in, you feel warm. The, the It's a positive, healthy thing. Yeah. And, and it keeps giving, like music exactly. keeps giving. Yeah. You can't yeah, put yeah. a price tag on a song because yeah. it keeps giving. You know, and, so it, and, that's, and it that's is, the beauty of this. Music is such a memory jogger. It really is. It can transport you right back. And, and it never ceases to amaze me as well how songs are always in your head. And you hear the start of a song and you already know all the words. Now, how does that work? Something that you haven't, you haven't heard for years. You're suddenly singing along and you know all the words again. And That's you know, the break. guitar breaks and everything. And people wonder yeah. why you're, you know, walking down the street all weird. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's all right with me, but it is, but it is. And it, it's the memories and it's the stories. You yeah. know, that as, as a, as a singer, that's the way I could get through a gig was it I had to remember the stories that the song was telling. Yeah. What was that story? So you didn't, you know, and if you flubbed your words or couldn't remember the exact thing, you knew the story and what to deliver. And yeah. that happened a lot. Yeah. That was, okay. I mean, it's, it's exactly the same as, you know, my, my Christmas decoration, you know, every year when we get that out and hang it, wherever we're going to hang it, I'm going to think, yeah, I remember I actually did that. You know, yeah, yeah. That's that's what it's all about, isn't it? It's all about memories, and it's mm. all about bringing bringing things alive and remembering. You know, mm. it's all well and good going on holiday or vacation, and unless you actually do anything that's memorable, it's just going to go out of your head. Well, so you, that's what they say now. It's a being transformative, travel, yeah. transformational, it's, so it's that got it, to be it an changed experience. something. It, yeah, it's got something to be an changed in you. Yeah, that you grew. It made you think of something. Sometimes people go on holiday. <laughs> There's that story. Um, Stacy Whittigan, a, a travel writer, went. Um, she walks the Camino. That uh, that right. Camino. Yeah. She does that. Yeah. And then she met a winemaker in New Mexico, and she was on our show talking about New Mexico wines. And the guy was at his retirement. He walked the Camino which is a good connection to what she does. And she's written books on it. And he saw a farmer sit on his wall, his, you know, you know, the rock walls were just piles of rock. And he was just sitting there relaxing with his little walking stick, an elder man. And he 
sat down to have a break and they started talking. Yeah. And the, the man said, you know, the, the farmer guy goes, well, all of this is going away. Like, that's it. It's the end of it. And the man's like, what? He goes, well, I've been in this winemaking. They started talking about wine. And next thing you know, he reached over, he ended a jug of wine. But, it, you know, it wasn't the fancy bottles. This is like, he says, you want to try something? He's like, sure. Next. And the other guy was a lawyer who was at that midlife thing of going, I've had enough of this. I've made the money. Yep. Turned around. By the time he got home, he opened a winery and he's still going like 20 something years strong. Him and yep. now son's in it. And that's from walking on a transformational journey and experience and how that yep. changed his life. He found his way from taking that walk and meeting this farmer and yep. the two of them just sitting there at that retirement. So they both were at this change of life. Yeah. Like, how does that, you know, and that's when you put yourself out there in the world. You can't go on vacation and not talk to people and get involved because you never know how it's going to change your life. No. Every single day, you never know what's going to happen. And that's a beautiful thing because it, you could be going through the worst thing in the world. But you still don't know what the day is in store for you. And sometimes there's always going to be that little glimmering if you put yourself out. Exactly. You know? Otherwise, if, it just if, happens. If you go and talk to the locals, you know. You, mm-hmm. and, and talk to your fellow traveling companions. Mm-hmm. You know, exactly. Uh, there's nothing worse than sitting on a bus with nobody talking to each other. You know, I no don't know God, what. Yeah. what people it's like getting in a, in a lift, an elevator. Yeah. Everybody just stands there, looks at the floor. Yeah. That's when I start getting the giggles, you know, or I'll yeah. say, like, I'll do some kind of weird joke. Just or, come or, on, or, you know. Do a, do a Peter Sellers, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, now you're talking our language there for sure. <laughs> Well, Glenn, I love this. I love this topic. It it hits so many things. Number one, shopping. People love to shop, doing it, you know, in this really cool ethical way and meaningful way, memorable way. Um, also supporting the arts and artisans, uh, people doing the actual skills and crafts and just creating these beautiful memories. So everyone, Glenn's article is linked in the show notes. And uh, you can also just go to blendradioandtv.com and type in Glenn. You'll find all these articles and past uh, podcasts. And, of course, keep up with Glenn at norfolk-tours.co.uk and us at bigblendradio.com. So thank you so much, Glenn. Happy Christmas, and we'll see you in the new year. Woo! Yeah, look forward to it, 2024. And we're all younger now. Look how many years we've been doing this. We're so much I younger. Know. I know. I'm a, I've, I've got a big birthday next year. Oh, me too. Yeah. Yeah, it's not yeah. good, is it? <laughs> you know, I'm just wise, you know. Yeah. I'm going to have to get I the would. knitting needle soon. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, yeah. you take care. Bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for Big Blend Radio's English Connection show with Glenn Burrows, owner of Norfolk Tours. If you're planning a vacation to England or looking up your family history in England, Visit norfolk-tours.co.uk to connect with Glenn. Keep up with our shows at bigblendradio.com.